my sermon this morning is with wholesome counsel. That term comes from a voluminous document of the Presbyterian Church, which is known as the Book of Confessions, which is part one of our Constitution, which is made up of the Book of Confessions and the Book of Order. I brought it with me. There's a time in seminary where we have to know all of this information from cover to cover. We're tested on it. But this is the constitution of this church. It is amazingly overwhelming. And, but immensely helpful when you find yourself in times where you have to make a decision in keeping with the tenets of the Presbyterian Church. So, but for the next couple of months, that's where I'll begin because I believe sometimes when we get lost in our wandering, we have to go back to the beginning, to the most simple of concepts. It's not unlike hiking in the woods. Sometimes you'll realize that you're on a path that you didn't expect to be on. In fact, you realize that I don't even recognize this mountain. Therefore, there are times you just have to pick up your stuff and walk all the way back till you recognize something. And then you don't start walking again. You stop and you study the setting and go, how did I get misguided to begin with? And that's where we are here. The whole, an entire church, Presbyterian or anyone, we're wandering these days. Well, there's a group of people who are called, chosen, called to be the leaders of the congregation, to help in those times. And they're known as the ruling elders. They're the very people that Adam is working on to have them either return to the session or perhaps be new to the session. But they're called ruling elders. Ruling elders is not that they rule over it, but it's an ancient title that has to do with their place in the congregation. They are the leaders of the congregation. And it says ruling elders out of another handbook, but ruling elders are so named not because they rule, but because they're chosen by the congregation to discern and measure its fidelity to the word of God. So it's not unlike we go to those people and we lean upon those people and call upon those people, the ruling elders on session, even the ruling elders in these, in these pews, to help us when we've gotten lost, when we are wandering, so that they can help us go back to the basics and they can help us define what God has in store for us and what turns we may take to get to where God wants us to be. Now, I said the word chosen, and you know for centuries we've been called the frozen chosen. And there's a good reason for it, because for centuries we've always turned to the, the logical answers. And sometimes we put aside that emotional, spiritual component of our life, and that we rely on our minds rather than listening to the still, quiet voice of the Holy Spirit. There's two words that are terrifying to a Presbyterian. Holy Spirit. 
Because when you, a Holy Spirit gets involved, you have no idea what's going to happen. You have no control over it. It's going to do what it wants to do. And in fact, every heresy that's ever been uttered on the earth, the Holy Spirit was there somewhere. It's something to think about. The Holy Spirit is powerful and it's all we can do to open ourselves up to that moving. The call to serve as an elder is a call to serve the spiritual as well as the administrative needs of the church. So a lot of, a lot of elders, and I was a ruling elder at one time too, many decades ago, and I served on session. And it's really easy to, to, to allow yourself just to do the administrative component because that's our comfort zone. Our comfort zone is dealing with the administrative stuff because we take our jobs, you know, whether we... Well, I'll, I'll just make up something. As a salesperson, you take that, what you know that got you to where you are, and, well, you're going to apply it to the church. And sometimes it works. Sometimes. There's one field that fascinates me when they come into the church, and that is those who have had a very successful military career. They come into the Presbyterian church, and perhaps they are led by the Spirit, but they end up on session, and that is like, session is absolutely counter to everything they ever studied and understood in the military. Everything. But they try to apply it because that's their comfort zone. That's what they know. And so many, many an officer has sat in my office and had me tell them, you need to stop. You need to sit down. You need to let the Spirit work. Yeah, that, you could order people around in the military. That's how it's structured. You can't order people around in a volunteer organization. But they were great elders. And they listened. They listened to my coaching, listened to my teaching. They became very, very effective elders when they stopped ordering people around. It worked in the real world, or that world. It doesn't work here. And that's the hardest thing for a ruling elder is to come into this space and go and say, okay, well, I was, I was a very good banker. Let's take those techniques. Or I was a very good you know, uh, administrative assistant. Let's do that. Well, be careful because there's another component of your life, and that is, as I read to you, the spiritual component. And that's foreign to so many ruling elders. To have to think that way. To have, to have to go there first. To go to the Scripture first. To pray first. Absolutely, for many ruling elders, it's so foreign. But so important when you're leading the church. If you were leading the country club, go for it. But a church has a specific need. It needs to start where the basics are. In the Bible. And so, this day, I read to you these passages and something that came out of there was forgiving. Forgiving. I love how Peter says, how, how many times should I forgive? And I'll tell you why he's asking that question. He's asking that question because the Jews had a formula. They didn't have to forgive but so many times and then they could give up on you. And so that's why he's so, Peter's so shocked when he hears, what? 77 times? I, I, I could almost hear him. I could almost hear him. You know, just, just incredulous. Jesus is. Where's Jesus been? We don't have to forgive people that many times. When I was a Jew, well, I'm still a Jew. Maybe I can get away from here. 
Yeah, because Peter is simply responding as he's been taught by the scribes and the Pharisees and the Sadducees. You only have to forgive somebody seven times. Then you can give up on them. Same can be said of elders on session. Sometimes you're called to forgive somebody 77 times. 154 times. It's amazing what that aspect of your life. There's a... You heard her sing last, last December, but Tammy Wines, she, wrote, she writes articles for Presbyterian today too. She has another life. She's a wonderful partner to our Sheldon Sorga. Or, or actually the, the, the uh, retired Sheldon Sorghum. But she also is a great writer. And so she wrote into the... the uh, she, 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 she recorded somebody's response to become, going on session. So, so, first of all, raise your hand if you're a, a, an elder of any Presbyterian church. Just raise your hand. Okay. So, well, it's not quite singing to the... I mean, preaching to the choir, but it's getting close. So, so but... Now, she tells this story. I'm, I'm just going to, Tammy, forgive me. I'm just going to tell it exactly as she wrote it. So the, the woman said, I thought that all I had to do was to take notes. She was the secretary of the, of the or clerk. She was the clerk of the session. She says, I thought all I had to do was take notes, type up the minutes and send them to the presbytery office. I knew that we had some challenges. I knew that we had some challenges before us, but... I had no idea the Presbytery was considering closing the church. The truth of the matter was, the church had no lights, the men's bathroom was inoperative, and the roof was in need of repair. Members of Beth Salem had said goodbye to their pastor. That was the name of the church, Beth Salem. Had said goodbye to the pastor because they could no longer afford a salary. And they were were six months behind on mortgage payments. Thankfully, we don't have mortgage payments. The situation looked hopeless, and the members of Beth Salem refused to give up. They looked to the session, rightly so, for directions. And this woman's name was Kaufman. Kaufman soon realized that the administrative skills alone were not going to be enough. As clerk of session, she began calling the other elders together for what? Prayer and Bible study. She went back to the basics. She didn't grab the Constitution. She grabbed her Bible. And she didn't wring her hands. She folded them. Kaufman soon realized that administrative skills alone were not going to, not going to be enough. As clerk of sessions, oh, excuse me, I'm repeating myself. We all knew, now she's saying, we all knew that we would have to do more than we felt capable of doing, she says. And the only way we were going to survive was to rely totally on God. In other words, put aside all that you've learned in your world and consider that God knows best for where this congregation is to go. One of the questions that elders are asked in front of everybody, you know how we gather them out here, we stand them across, Across this uh, uh, transept, and that's that's what this 
line is called, by the way, before the chancel is called a transept. It's a sh there's a shape of the cross in here. And I'm standing at the head of the cross, which is the chancel. And then this piece here is the arms of the cross, and it's known as the transept. So they line up on the transept, and we ask them those questions. And one question, a number of you have already been asked this many times, but one of the questions is, will you be a faithful elder? Watching over the people, providing for their worship, nurture, and service. So, will you be a faithful elder? Watching over the people, providing for their worship, nurture, and service. It doesn't, it doesn't say, it, it, it's, it's at the root of what the calling is. Is that will you be faithful, just like uh, just like the se uh, clerk of session did? She didn't get bring in self help books. They're out there, and some of them were good. She didn't bring in videos. She gathered all the elders on session and began prayers and Bible study. Didn't call on a pastor to come in and pray for, pray for them. Didn't lean on a pastor to explain the Scripture. They simply gathered without an agenda, without a moderator, without purpose, simply to listen to God. The mission of Christ that Christ set before the elders requires a constant process of dying to the old self and renewal by the Holy Spirit. So it literally is Forget whatever you learned outside of these doors. You're in a new world. An exciting world. Of possibilities beyond your greatest imagination. The old world word for elders was presbyter. The Greek word Presbyteros is how it was pronounced. It's where we get the name of the church. The church is named for you, elders. We're the church of elders. Governing the church in wholesome or healthy or prayerful counsel. If you answer the call, actually, it begins with Adam's phone call, but if you answer Adam's phone call, or if he catches you in the narthex, and then you pray about it, turn to your scripture about it. Many Presbyterians say yes to becoming an elder, thinking it means hammering out a budget, attending a few meetings, <laughs> counting the offering, 
and making sure the church gets locked up after the worship service, after everybody leaves. Well, Patty Kaufman, who was that clerk in Beth Salem, she said yes to the call to serve as an elder because she thought her skill in administration would be an asset to the church. She learned otherwise. She got a chance to see that church turn around in 2009. And it all began with prayer and Bible study. Will you be a faithful elder? I pray that you will. Let us pray. Lord, thank you for the, the writings of Tammy Wines and thank you for the, the scripture that you, you present before us that, that teaches us that, that, that it's, it's you that sets the standard. You're the one that answers how often will we forgive somebody and where we will be led and how to be open to you, Lord. It's, 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 it's your stuff. And thankfully it is. For we are chosen. Whether we're in this pew simply worshiping or whether we have we come here to worship and to serve you. Illuminate the next step of the elders. Assure them that if they prayerfully and scripturally turn to guidance, you will come through. In Jesus' name we pray.